0: I'm going to need y'all's help tonight. Um first off, I would I want to thank you guys for the all the honor, the love. Uh this has definitely been our best uh pastor appreciation year ever. Um I really missed doing the dinner together. I I, I kind of enjoy that, but y'all know the circumstances, so we're believing this is all going to be changing uh, here soon. Amen. And so we did the best we could given the situation, and I really just enjoyed it. I love the videos. Um, I think the kids did an excellent job. You know, the, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to talk to some. If they're imitating some of y'all, <laughs> I'm going to have to talk to some of y'all later especially how dare Terrell be falling asleep. <laughs> so I about, I about had it with him. Um, <laughs> kids put everybody on blast, didn't they? Um, <laughs> but thank you guys so much. It, it uh, you know, sometimes, I, n- I don't know about y'all, but I needed that. Um, you know, sometimes you you talk to people, and you deal with certain situations within the sheep that you wonder if you're really making a difference. Um, And so it, it was very profound for us as we watched different people come up and we knew, you know, not everybody knows the whole story. We tend to know where people were and where they've come from and how far they've come. And to see, you know, people who brought little babies that are now you know, <laughs> grown up <laughs> and just watching all the things that we have been able to accomplish and God has allowed us and blessed us uh, with the privilege to be a part of. And so how many of you know you can't have a shepherd without the sheep? Amen. You know, the, the John Maxwell used to say if you're out taking a walk and nobody, or if you're out leading and nobody's following, then all you're really doing is taking a walk and so uh, how many of you know I'm grateful that I'm not just out there taking a walk (laughs) the Bible says the wicked run for no reason so anyway (laughs) Uh, that's why I don't go jogging but anyway so (laughs) love you guys really appreciate you guys and I'm very grateful that I get the privilege to be called your pastor Uh, and I take it and count it as no small thing amen so um, again, I'm going to need your help tonight <laughs> because this one is a tough one. Um, the Lord has been talking to me about this subject. And I, I've taught on this um, a few times. And it's one of those things that we have to revisit, especially given the times that we're in. And... <laughs> Christian apologetics is the ability to refute, to counteract, or to respond systematically to certain doctrines that are trying to creep into the church that are already in the world. And one of the things that um, I want to preface this by saying is that we are not here to judge people. Um, we are here to judge what God has told us, uh, what we understand about the world and our role in it. We are to use the word of God as the benchmark for our lives. However, there is a out and right attack. Um, I will probably tell you that we have, you know, certain ads that we run for Stone Point certain things that we uh, promote on on Facebook. And at least once or twice a week, we have to delete a very nasty comment. And often that nasty comment is coming from someone who is struggling with their sexuality. And so what I have noticed, though, is that in the body of Christ, it's one of those taboo subjects. Just nobody wants to talk about it. And you have denominations that have licensed and ordained people who are operating outside of what God says regarding sexuality. Um, and that isn't just from a same-sex standpoint. That's also from an adultery standpoint. Uh, you've got you know leaders in the church sleeping with other people in the church, and it ain't their wife, and it ain't their husband. Um, there's a lot of things that God begins to address that I think we have to discern and understand. And more importantly, the reason why I'm teaching this is not to bring uh, any level of condemnation upon anybody, but it is to give you the apologetics, is to give you the systemized, uh, uh, systematic presentation of the Word of God in a way that will help you to discern and understand the true positions of God on these subjects, because it has... Perp- it has. Uh, Uh, infiltrated our schools to the point where it has gotten our young men and women to think that their sexuality is fluid and that it is subject to opinion or subject to how you feel Uh, I don't care if you decide to live your life as a head of cabbage you do whatever it is you would like to do with your life just do not try to indoctrinate my child with a message that is unbiblical and not uh, consistent with the values by which I believe. And if that means you will have to fight with me, then let's get it on. Because we ain't fitting to do that. Uh, not in my house. You know how, no, no, no. <laughs> not in my house. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Um, now, what I want you let's turn to Genesis. We'll get, let's get into it. But I'm going to need your help. Because this this ain't easy. And how many of you know that utterance is greatly dependent upon the hearers? And like I said, the Lord's kind of been dealing with me with this for about, I'd say, a month or so. Um, And I've just been trying to determine uh, the timing of it to make sure that we are ready to release what it is that has been shared. Amen? So Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And so God created man in his own image and in the image of God created he him. Then he says, Male and created he them. Uh, then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So the first thing that God did was he created man and he created man in our image. Our is obviously not singular. Our is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. As, as Jesus was not manifested in his image, Earthly form, and Jesus was present all the time. He is God 100%. Therefore, he is never created, never destroyed, but he exists. And in that moment, he said, We're going to make man in our image and, get, and make them like us. And as he made him like us, he made man. And then the Bible says, which we know is mankind, and then the Bible says he made them male and he made them female. And then he gave them an instruction, which was to, he blessed them or empowered them to then do what he told them to do. And he gave them two things that they needed to accomplish. One is to be fruitful and two is to have dominion in order to affect his will here on earth. As we understand the Lord's prayer, he said, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God desires that the will of him be done here in the way that he has perfectly assigned it uh, to function in heaven. So then Genesis chapter 2, just turn to page verse 19. It says, Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. Whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helpmeet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. As God brought all the animals uh, to Adam, he said, what do you want to call this? He said, I want to call this a lion. What do you want to call this? We're going to go ahead and call that an elephant. And as Adam is looking at all these animals two by two, he's beginning to wonder what in the world, where's mine? I'm here by myself and I understand dominion, but how do I be fruitful and multiply when I have nothing that is suitable to me? Now, I want you to understand because this is for all my single people that are still single and you are wondering why are you single. I want you to really pay very, very close attention because what happens is suitability is not based on uh, plumbing. Suitability is based on design. Because if suitability was solely placed on the particulars of plumbing, then God would have said, Adam, you can find any one of these animals that fit the bill, and therefore you are now yoked. Mm -hmm. He didn't say that. He's looking for something suitable And suitable means that when you choose somebody, they have to be compatible and consistent with the plan of God for your life. He said, I want you to be fruitful, which means they have to be able to produce fruit. And I don't care what you have been told. Man plus man do not equal baby. And woman plus woman does not equal baby. And so what I want you to understand is that compatibility concept, because many times single people will become so tired of being alone that they will drop their suitability in order to just find plumbing. Well, I can make him what he needs to be. No, sis, you can't. Because if God can't make him that, I don't care what you think is between your legs and you throw it up in the air, turn in the sunshine, it ain't going to change him. Pastor not never has shown up. (laughs) And it is childish and and idiotic in any way to think you are going to change a grown person. So when you look for compatibility and suitability, you are not just looking. Can he leave fog on a mirror? You are not just looking. Can is she uh, uh, proportionately shaped the way you would like her to be? You are looking for someone that can help me build the type of life that God wants. And God is not a secondary notion to the efforts of your life. If God is at the center of your life, then He should be at the center of your relationship. And if a man can't seek God to find you, then there's a problem and you should have to seek God to find him suitability (laughs) not plumbing so then he says well here's what I'm going to do Adam now that I have built in you a desire now I'm going to go ahead and fulfill that desire how many times have you ever noticed that there are things that you have wanted in your life? You didn't know you wanted them until God began to reveal it to you and built the desire in you to have it. You walked around talking about, I'll never be married. I, I'm a player. I, 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 don't, I don't need no wife. I, I'm doing it. And then there comes a moment where you realize, hold on. I'm tired of this life. I don't want to go to the club no more. I don't want to do these things. I want to settle down and I need me a wife. Then you start realizing, wait a minute, it wasn't because you came up with that all by yourself. You started watching your friends get plucked off one by one. And God began to build in you an image that said, this ain't the life. So, in the same way, God begins to build this enemy, says, okay, now I'm going to go ahead and put you to sleep and I'm going to take out of you. And I'm going to make woman because she was made from the womb of man. Which means that everything that is in a woman, if he took it out of a man, it's no longer in you. I need you really to pay attention. So then, what is put in a woman is not in a man, even if he thinks it is. This is why men don't understand women. Because we were asleep when God made her. So then she has what he doesn't have. But when Adam saw her, he said, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She is, in fact, what I now don't have. She is what I don't have. So in the, de- in the design of a thing, you can begin to understand the purpose of a thing. Because why create and do all of this to not have an assignment related to what you are supposed to do? And what b- people begin to do is think that sexuality is an identity. When sexuality is not an identity, it is an assignment. Matthew 19. <clears throat> Verse 4. <clears throat> Matthew nineteen four. And he answered and said to them, Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them what? Yeah. And said, for this reason, shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to whom? And the twain become what? Why do they become one flesh? Because she has what he doesn't. So in other words, him individually is never whole. That's why when you get, you know, I I don't need no man. I'll never need, I'm going to be. Well, listen, if you are geared that way and god has graced you remember the apostle paul said i'd rather you be single why so you can go serve god you don't have nobody else to answer to right you don't have anybody else to consider if you want to work all day and all night then nobody's you know squawking about it he said but if you're not graced with it then i would that you marry instead of becoming a priest in a denomination that you swear to be celibate and you can't really control it, so then you turn to little boys that are around you because you was never graced with that in the first place. He said, I'd rather you go ahead on and get married and have an outlet. (laughs) Yeah. And so to then have an outlet of your sexual desires, which is not wrong to have. This is, this is the problem where people don't understand. It, it, it's like fire. Fire is not bad. It's where you put it that becomes the problem. <laughs> and so what people have to begin to realize is that God had a design where he said, this is what I expect, male and female, he created both of them. Remember, he gave them both dominion. Because, you know, I, <laughs> I was at a, we had a barbecue one time and this guy, somebody met him at the park. And, and so they came and got me to go talk to him, which I hate when people do that. But he's like, well, you know, tell her that I'm the man so I get to tell her what to do. And I said, well, actually, God gave us both dominion. He was done talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I I want you to understand, the man is definitely the head of his home. But it's not like she is a lackey. She has dominion as well. And she has a, the roles might be different. But the power is still the same. If she decrees something, she decrees it the way I decree it. If she calls it to be, she calls it to be the way I called it to be. Are y'all understanding what I'm saying? Our job function might be a little different. (laughs) But that doesn't make one better than the other. But they are different. And they're supposed to be different. (laughs) So the two now become one flesh. So then it requires a man and a woman to become one flesh. So in as much as we would like to redefine uh, the nature of marriage... Marriage from a biblical standpoint is one man and one woman in a covenant relationship. Are you still with me? And so when you see some of this craziness of people who change their gender, go from male to female and then still want to date and marry a woman. It's like, wait a minute. We went all around this thing to get to the same spot. Or, or, you know, a woman who wants to transition to a man and then date a man. It's like. (laughs) But the craziness of it has no depth or has no end to it because it is such that it's designed to continue to get worse and worse and worse. Now, the reason why I told you about having to delete uh, certain comments is because almost every time it is someone who is caught up in the homosexual lifestyle. First of all, I didn't come to your stuff and comment on you. So what is it that offends you so greatly that you have to find an overt way to push an agenda? It has to be deeper than just a predilection. Well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. So look at Luke or Matthew 22. Here's where we're about to go off the rails. <laughs> and said, For this call shall. No, that's not it. Come on, y'all. Help me out. Matthew 22, 25. Now there were with us seven brethren, and the first, when he had married a wife, deceased, and having no issue, left his wife unto his brother. Now, I want to tell you, this is because in those times, uh, women were considered property. And you could leave your wife to your next of kin and so on and so forth. Okay. Likewise, the second also and the third unto the seventh. In other words, he had seven brothers and she was married to all of them. The last of all, the the woman died also. So now seven men have died and this woman has now died. They asked, therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they all had her. Jesus answered and said unto them, the first husband, because she's only going to be able to be married once. He says, you don't know. He says, you do err not knowing the scriptures, nor do you understand the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God. Where? So then they're trying to figure out, as she transitions off of this planet, all of the brothers have left this planet, who's she going to be married to? And his answer is, you don't know the power of God. Luke brings it out a little bit clearer in Luke 20, verse 34. Luke 20, verse 34. Jesus answered, saying unto them, The children of this world marry and are given in marriage. But they which shall be accounted worthy to obtain that world and the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. Neither can they die anymore, for they are equal unto angels and are the children of God being the children of the resurrection. He says they can't marry There's no need for them to marry. So then when God made Adam and Eve and gave them an assignment to be fruitful and... Once you leave this planet, there is no need. If you can't die, then you can't be born. So Jesus is like, you don't understand the power of God. You have taken a natural concept, an assignment that God gave here on this planet, and you have tried to make it an eternal subject, and it is not eternal. It's an assignment. Therefore, you cannot have the conversation of who she's going to be married to. She don't need to be married, because the only reason to be married would be to be despite people who think that they can have sex before marriage and shack up and do and if you didn't listen to Sunday's message (laughs) go ahead and listen to it again and get it straight but the fact that people think that there wasn't a design and more importantly that God is okay with things being outside of the design and then they wonder why diseases and things that are happening and the, and the consequence of such perversion is so prevalent. Because now the world has made sex a, a, a fix. It, it's like when people say, when they come home from a very, very tough day, and they're like, "Ooh, I just got to get me a drink. For what? Because you grew up saw, seeing that on television? And you assume that result because let's be honest, it has never solved the problem. All it has done is made you unaware of it for a temporary period of time. And if you do too much with it, it gives you new problems. Look at uh, it says uh, in in the uh, concordance related to or or the uh, yeah the concordance related to those scriptures says. Where the law of death is abolished, the cause of birth is abolished likewise. So then when he told them they didn't understand the power of God and they didn't get what is happening spiritually, he was saying, y'all are way too natural. He said, there are spiritual things at work here. And the birthing process into heaven is the birthing process on earth and the saving of a soul to birth them into heaven. But there is no ability for two people in heaven to create another person. So thereby, sexuality cannot be your identity. Because you are a, you live in a, and you possess a, you are a spirit. You are not a body. Can there be uh, defects and, and chemical things that happen where a body uh, can be damaged or a body can be uh, misaligned or there could be things that people struggle? Of course. But it doesn't change the assignment. Yeah, are, are you understanding what I'm saying? So let's look at uh, Genesis 34. Verse 1. And Dinah, the daughter of Leah, which she bare unto Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. In other words, she went out into the world. And when Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivite, prince of the country, saw her, he took her and lay with her, and he defiled her. Now, that means simply that he saw her, took a liking, he raped her. Notice what it says number three, verse three rather. And his soul clave unto Dinah, the daughter of Jacob. And he loved the damsel, and he spake kindly unto the damsel. In other words, after he was intimate with her, his soul became claved unto her. And people don't understand how this type of stuff I have counseled, I have given spiritual guidance, whatever you'd like to call it, to many a person who has struggled with their sexual identity. And can I tell you the one common factor that all of them, not some of them, not uh, one or two of them, not even majority of them, but every last one of them has had one thing in common. You want to know what it is? They've been molested. By somebody, somewhere, sometime. Some remember, some don't openly remember, and then they will. (laughs) However, what I want you to begin to understand is a predator can walk into a room of 50 people and through discernment spiritually know which ones have been molested and which ones haven't, which ones are a target, which ones are not. Because they can pick it up on a spiritual level, because it's a spiritual thing. It says his soul clave unto her. What 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 did he do with her that his soul would cleave unto her? He had sex with her, right? And so when you see people who are in relationships, they use sex first, they create soul ties, and then they have no idea. That some of the struggles they have in life, some of the insecurities they have, some of the things that they can't seem to get past and let go of, some of the attacks they have when they're laying in bed in the middle of the night and they're being attacked by something and they're like, where did that come from? A lot of times it came because you were involved with someone sexually that now has moved on and is dealing with witchcraft, dealing with all kinds of things that is working against you because it came demonically because that was its assignment, its whole purpose was to connect with you and knit itself with you in a way that you can't see and then you're sitting there talking to this person and you're like uh you know that's a mess no well you know he loves me no sis bruh she's bad well you know i mean we're 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 working through it what are you working through while you struggling spiritually Why are you getting attacked by every demon in hell that's being pumped through this cleaving that has happened to your soul? Your soul is not meant to be cleaved to things that don't belong. Your soul is not meant to be partitioned out to multiple people who you don't even know anymore what they're doing. And you understand things like voodoo and you're like, well, that's bad. But do you have any idea that every time you give a piece of yourself to somebody who doesn't deserve it, that person has the ability to influence and effect your life and then you're like well I don't understand why I'm struggling I don't understand why I have confidence issues I don't understand why I just can't sleep and be peaceful and restful because you have gotten someone who has claved unto your soul your mind will and emotions and they are working it and you don't even know it more importantly you have claved yourself to someone who has claved themselves to God knows what suitability (laughs) this is why queens ask questions hoes look for money (laughs) a queen asks questions no no I, i see you got all that drip and all that that's cool but you know let me let me see how you deal with your mama let me see how you deal with it when you got problems. Let me see, do you even go to church? Oh, you do? What did your pastor preach on last week? Uh, 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 yeah. Bah. Because when I cleave myself, he now wants to speak kindly after he's tasted the goods. Nah, B, don't talk nice to me. After you, if you wanted me, you should have talked nice to me before that went down. And I might have married you and gave you that and more. But you took what didn't belong to you. And if that's the possibility or the uh, situation that occurs when heterosexual things happen, You still with me? Okay. So, let's go to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. <laughs> Verse 21. <clears throat> Because, when, uh, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful and became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to their uncleanness through their lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies even between themselves, who who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Keep going. For this cause, God gave them up to their vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of a woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was appropriate, meet. And even as they did not like, or did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to the reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Put that into the. Um, Amplified. Verse 21. And so since they did not... or Because when they knew and recognized Him as God, they did not honor or glorify Him as God or give Him thanks, but instead they became futile and godless in their thinking with vain imaginings, foolish reasonings, and stupid speculations... And their senseless minds were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, professing to be smart. They made simpletons of themselves. And by them, the glory and majesty and excellence of the immortal God were exchanged for and represented by images resembling mortal man and birds and beasts and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their own hearts to sexual impurity ...to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, abandoning them to the degrading power of sin. Because they exchanged the truth of God. Here's the reason why. They took the truth of God for a lie, and they worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen, or so be it. For this reason, God gave them over and abandoned them to vile affections and degrading passions... For their women exchanged their natural function for an unnatural and abnormal one. And the men also turned from natural relations with women and were set ablaze, burning out and consumed with lust for one another. Men committing shameful acts with men and suffering in their own bodies and personalities the inevitable consequences, the penalty of their wrongdoing and going astray, which was their fitting retribution. Don't go anywhere yet. Go back lust for one another, men committing shameful acts with men and suffering in their own and their mind, will, and emotions are your personality. What are they talking about? Your soul? They said because they began to do these things, they not only suffered in their physical body, but their mind, will, and emotions were affected. Now they're justifying why this is the lifestyle and why it's okay. Then they begin to form churches that they have justified. And you sit there and wonder, how can you justify that? But what you missed is the Holy Ghost on the inside of you is working in you to tell you what's right and wrong. God gave them over to it. In other words, you want to believe that? Cool, I'll set that in you. I'll set it in you so strong that you will chase my children into the Red Sea and die. I'll put it in you so great that you will literally think you're doing what's right and you will follow and chase my children to kill them right into the Red Sea And you will be the one consumed and destroyed because you really believe. Watch it, y'all. And he said, which was their fitting retribution. Keep going. And so since they did not see fit to acknowledge God or to approve of him or to consider him worth knowing, God gave them over to a base and condemned mind to do the things not proper and decent but loathsome. So in other words, because they wouldn't acknowledge what God said, the assignment, God said, "Okay, well, you don't want to understand the assignment, then here you go. I'm going to give you over to it." Now watch what happens when He gives them over. And so, since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, He gave them over to it, things to do things not proper or decent, but loathsome comma, so keep going, until they were filled permeated, saturated with every kind. Iniquity, grasping and in covetous greed and malice. They started out with having affection and burning in lust one for another. Right. He said, I gave them over to it. So, that, so then if it's my identity... Listen to me, if it's my identity, then your identity would have to be every kind of unrighteousness, iniquity, grasping, greed, envy, jealousy, murder, strife, deceit, treachery. That would have to be your identity. And if that is your identity, then you are not of God. Y'all still here? Okay, good. It says they were full of envy, jealousy, murder, strife, deceit, treachery, ill will, and cruel ways. They were secret backbiters and gossipers. Keep going. Slanders, hateful to and hating God. Full of insolence, arrogance, and boasting. Inventors of new forms of evil. Disobedient and undutiful to parents. This, He said, I turned them over. Once I turned them over to it. It's consumed them. So then, what does that tell you? That tells you that to some measure, (coughs) it affects everybody. The only difference is going to be how you handle it. I'll show it to you. So, what is that? Verse 30? Verse 31. They were without understanding conscienceless, faithless, heartless loveless and merciless though they were fully aware of God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve to die they not only do them themselves but approve and applaud others so we got pride parades we're going to celebrate it put it in your face you advertise the church they, gonna, they are bold enough to say anything i wish i had somebody that's with me and you wonder what that is and it's the fact that they refuse to acknowledge the assignment and god said well then you must want something different so i'll go ahead and give it to you because i'm not going i'm not going to practice witchcraft for god to override your will it's witchcraft look at somebody tell them it's an assignment Notice what he says, though, not those who uh, practice them now, I want to be very clear clear about this for a second, okay, because I have noticed that I remember one time i was I was at a uh, a men 's uh, suit store, and the person working on working with me I could tell uh, had some certain mannerisms and i 'm going to talk about that in just a second, but so as we were talking, they asked me what i do, and I told them what i do, and I told them I was, I'm a pastor and blah, blah, blah. And this person began to cry. And as they began to cry, they started asking questions about God. Now, let me explain something to you. That's not a person who practices it. That's a person who struggles. God said nothing about, this is not talking about people who struggle. This is for people who have given themselves over to the degree that they are willing to flagrantly (laughs) uh, reveal themselves in a way that is almost thumbing their nose at everything concerning God. Are Are you with me? This is not people struggling. And so as I'm talking to him and I'm ministering to him, I'm talking about the things of God and how God can turn things around. Um... I could just tell that it was, he, it was so deep, but yet he was still struggling. That's the heart God's looking for. And I'm going to show you in just a second why that that's, is so significant. So let's put, it in the, um, let's put it in the message. Let's go to verse 24. So God said, in effect, if that's what you want, that's what you get. It wasn't long before they were living in a pig pen, smeared with filth, filthy inside and out. And all this because they traded the true God for a fake God. This has to be spiritual, doesn't it? And all this because they traded the true God for a fake little G God and worshiped the God they made instead of the God who made them. The God we bless and the God who blesses us. And he blessed them and said, be fruitful and keep going. Worse followed, refusing to know God. They soon didn't know how to be human either. Women didn't know how to be women. Oh, my God. Men didn't know how to be men. Sexually. They abused and defiled one another, women with women, men with men, all lust, no love. And then they paid for it. How they pay for it? They emptied of God of love, godless and loveless wretches. Since they didn't bother to acknowledge God, God quit bothering them and let them run loose. And then all rampant evil, grabbing and grasping, vicious backstabbing, they made a life... Hell on earth with their envy, wanton killing, bickering, cheating. Look at them, mean-spirited, venomous, fork-tongued, God-bashers, bullies, swaggerers, insufferable windbags. They keep inventing new ways of wrecking lives. They ditch their parents when they get in the way. Stupid, slimy, cruel, cold-blooded. I'm not saying this, y'all. It's not as if they don't know better. They know perfectly well. They're spitting in God's face. And they don't care. Worse. They hand out prizes. To those who do the worst things the best. He says nothing about people who are struggling. Okay. (laughs) First Peter four. We we Okay good for as much then as christ has suffered for us in the flesh arm yourselves likewise with the same mind for he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin we don't get to do what we want to do we don't get to do what we think we ought to do we are to do and put on the mind of christ which means that whatever christ said whatever the word says that's what we do verse 2, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. Put on the Amplified. <clears throat> so since Christ suffered in the flesh for, us, for you, arm yourselves with the same thoughts and purposeful p- and purpose patiently to suffer rather than fail to please God. For whoever has suffered in the flesh having the mind of Christ has done the intentional sin has stopped, is done with intentional sin, and has stopped pleasing himself and the world and pleases. So you mean to tell me that whatever your lusts are, you can intentionally stop them? Hmm. So then you can't say things like, the heart loves and wants what it wants. Because the reason why the heart wants what it wants is because you're unwilling to check your heart. You ready? So that he can no longer spend the rest of his natural life living by his human appetites and desires, but he lives for what God wills. Psalms 54 verse 4. Psalm 51 verse 4 in the Amplified Classic, please. David is saying this and he says, against you and you only have I sinned and have done that which is evil in your sight so that you are justified in your sentence and faultless in your judgments. Behold, I was brought forth in a state of iniquity. My mother was sinful, who conceived me, and I too am sinful. David is saying that I was conceived in sin. In other words, I was brought into the world of sin as sinful. A lot of people don't understand that there's a difference between the sin nature and sin. Sin is an activity that you do that defies the nature of God. Sin nature is the fact that when you were born, before you became born again, you have the nature of evil. You have the nature of sin. You have a sin nature. In other words, you don't have to teach a kid to lie to you. Did you brush your teeth this morning? Yes. You sure? Yes. Did you use toothpaste? Yes. Come here and blow on my face. Right? If you got kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And then they blow in your face and it smells like horse hiccups. And you're like, what in the world? You're like, dear God, go brush your teeth and brush all of them. And then brush your tongue as well. Because your breath smells like trash truck juice. Why do you have to do that, y'all? Because we're born into iniquity. And that's what David was saying, that you don't have to teach them to how to play one against the other. You don't have to teach them how to want what they shouldn't want. They already do that. You've got to teach them we can't eat candy all day or the dentist will have all of our money. These are things you've got to instruct and to teach, and they have to learn. This is why you don't train a child in the way they want to go. You raise them up in the way they should go, so that when they are old, they won't depart from it. Stop letting kids raise themselves. They don't know what they're supposed to do. They don't know what they're supposed to like. They don't know what it looks like, and this is one of my biggest problems. And I said this before, and one of our parishioners who ain't here got mad. But I'm going to say it again because I mean it. There is no possibility as a man for me to teach a girl how to be a girl. There is no possibility of a woman, I don't care how long you've been a single mother, to teach a boy how to act and be a man. That's why God said you need a mother and you need a father. I can't train my daughter how to be a girl. She can. I can't train her how to be a woman. She can. I can train her how to look out for a man. And pay attention to the signs. But I can't tell her how to be a woman. And when you see sometimes men that were raised by predominantly women, they begin to pick up their personalities and their traits. And it's like, no, we got to show this is how men act. Pull it together. Square your shoulders back. Fix your walk. Well, I just think that's a little... I don't care. I don't care. Because the reality is we have to understand how God feels about these things. And the problem is we have as unfortunately as men have not done their job correctly to represent. They think that it's their job to populate the world with little people who look just like them instead of taking the responsibility to raise their children and to be that presence with their mother and teach that child how to treat their mother so she don't have to do it by herself. you, You see where I'm going, right? And so now, if children are conceived in iniquity, which they are, we all are, then that doesn't mean that you aren't born with certain predilections. There are certain children that are born with predilections to alcohol. That don't mean we give you a free pass. There are people who are born with a predilection towards kids. That don't mean we give you a free pass. Mess with mine, you'll be a eunuch. I'll do the jail time. I can preach. I'll get everybody in the prison saved. They'll be throwing me out. (laughs) Yeah, brother, you got to go. Why? Because you're getting too many people saved. You you mess with the system. It is what it is. It's going to be what it's going to be. Because the realities are that there are things that people struggle with. But the fact that you struggle with it does not give you license to believe that God made you that way. You were born into iniquity. And whatever that iniquity is, everybody's got something that they struggle with. And he's not talking about people who struggle. He's talking about the ones who gave up the fight and said, I'm just going to go ahead and go with the flow. This is my lot in life. This is what I was made to be. You got a problem with it? Take it up with God. Why would I take it up with God when I'm looking at you? God ain't got nothing to do with that. You ready? Put it in the ERV. uh, 51.5. In the ERV. Easy to read version. If we have it. He said, I was born to do wrong. Sinner before I left my mother's womb. <laughs> I, you know, listen, were you born that way? Yeah, probably. Did God make you that way? Sin nature, yes. which we are all expected. So when people say things like, "Well, I was just born this way," okay, you probably were. Right, you get no argument out of me on that one. The part you got argument with me on is you tell me God made it that way. I was I was born in you know naked. I don't walk around the rest of my life that way. When I was born, you know, I had to feed off of breast milk. I, I'm not supposed to do that when I'm ten. And you see Pete. never mind. (sighs) If your child has a name for it, they know what it's called, they can point it and say, that's a, it's time for them to stop. Never mind. Y'all won't talk to me. Y'all won't talk to me. I'm going to leave that alone. I don't get no hate mail. You know, I just, you know, I, I can't. I can't do it, people. Romans 12, 1. Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. What are you supposed to do with your body? So then that means you have control over it. And be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Be not conformed to this, but be ye what? By the renewing of your mind. This is why the Bible says the word of God is quick and powerful and sharp than any two-edged sword. Why? Because the word of God is the discerner of the hearts of men. The word of God is what tells us what we do. Regardless of what our predilections are. Are, are you with me? Look at 1 Corinthians 6, 9. I'm going I'm to a, I'm a mess y'all up now. <laughs> if you ain't been messed up already, you're about to. So, tap somebody on the shoulder, tell them pay attention. <laughs> know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, or idolaters, or adulterers. I want you to understand the list here fornicators. Because a lot of people want to make homosexual things like the unpardonable sin. Are you with me? Yeah. Idolaters, fornicators, adulterers, nor effeminate, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with... You know what effeminate means? It means having feminine qualities not typical of a man. Not manly in appearance. That's what effeminate means. Not, uh, or, nor abusers of themselves... Put it in the Amplified, please. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God, be not deceived, neither fornicators, adulterers, adult, or idolaters, adulterers, nor feminine, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves. That's not what it says in the Amplified, is it? Yeah, let's go back. Now, do you know that the unrighteous and the wrongdoers will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, misled, neither the impure, and immoral, nor adul- idolaters, nor adulterers, nor those who participate in... Keep going. Nor cheats, swindlers, thieves, greedy graspers, nor drunkards, nor foul-mouthed revivals or slanderers, uh, slanderers, nor extortioners and robbers will inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God. Keep going. And such some of you were once, but you were washed clean and purified by the complete atonement for sin and made free from the guilt of sin... And you were consecrated, set apart, hallowed, and you were justified, pronounced righteous by trusting in the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ, and, the Holy S- and in the Holy Spirit of our God. Notice what he said. Such as some of you were once. Yeah. In other words, what people don't understand is he's saying all these things, y'all were one point. Some of y'all were homosexual. Some of y'all were this once. It, it ain't a problem. That you struggled in that area. It's a problem that you stayed. He said all of you were once there. So what does that tell you? That means people can get set free from that. So then if people can get set free from that, how do they get set free from that? When you were consecrated, set apart, hallowed, you were justified, pronounced righteous by trusting in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and his holy. Are you telling me people can get set free? This is why, you know, seriously, right, I've had conversations with people that operate under soul ties, and you can sit there and look at them, you know, you're wasting your time. They have become so deceived into the sexual relationship with somebody, you couldn't tell them. They'll, they'll come say, Pastor, if I'm ever dating somebody that ain't the one, you better come tell me, please. Why would I come tell you? You didn't listen to God. Right. Now you're sleeping with this person, so what can I say to you right. that you'll listen to? Nothing. We've had conversations, we'll look at each other we're like, for real? Because we know we're not talking to that person anymore. Yeah. We're talking to the demonic influence that's overpowered that person. Yeah. Right. And they have learned to not trust. Cool. And then you just sit there and go, man, I wish I could help you. Yeah. 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 So Any of y'all remember that movie, uh, Ghost? with Patrick Swayze, right and Wolfie Goldberg was like, you can't just come right out and tell them like that. <laughs> and then she's like, Molly, you in danger, girl. <laughs> you just can't do that because people ain't listening. They can't hear it. Yeah. They can't hear it because of soul ties, because sex led, and it took them into a place where they can no longer trust. That's what the soul tie was for in the first place. That's why they chose to touch you and do things to you when you couldn't defend yourself. Them demons was on assignment. And there are people that are living their entire life. They, you know, in their 60s, still talking about what happened when they were five. Holding them back. Keeping them locked up. When they did not know, it it had nothing to do with the person in them. It had to do with the assignment against them. And so he says they were justified, pronounced righteous by trusting in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit of our God. He said once as you were. <sighs> See we have to understand we all have struggled. But the, 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 the key statement is were. You were this and now you're this. You were this. This. And this is why the Bible talks about um, you can't sin willfully after you know the truth. Mm -hmm. Let's go there. Hebrews 10. Give me just a couple more minutes. Please. Where did I tell you to go? Hebrews 10, um, 26. my notes are are missing a scripture so let me just find it real quick <clears throat> okay all right for if we sin willfully After that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. Verse 27. But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. In other words, once a person's heard the truth, what do we do? How do you get saved? By hearing the truth. How's the blessing pronounced upon you? By the spoken word of the truth. So then, once the word has been spoken, and a person has heard it what else is there do you see it Deuteronomy 22 5 the Bible says that God changes not right he's the same yesterday today and forever right say yes. yes the woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man Neither shall a man put on a woman 's garment for all the deuce are an abomination unto the Lord thy God and here and here we have rappers wearing blouses carrying purses and and they think our kids are supposed to that one dude, which I don't even want to say his name, but you'll get it when I say it, put out a country song. Right. Yeah. Everybody got all the kids singing it. Yeah. Kids doing little concerts at their school, right. singing this country song. Yep. And then comes out talking about he's, and went from yep. this to this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Claiming the devil. Now all you kids are already singing his music. I'm sitting there thinking, your mama did not teach you that. Until I saw that his father comes out defending him, and I'm like, "Oh man, are you serious? I ain't even mad at him. I'm mad at y'all." But yet the world says it's acceptable. The Lord says it's an abomination. And, and Christians walk around talking about, well, you know, we have to love everybody. I hope you don't love your kids that way and don't tell them the truth. Because yeah. that's what your definition of love is. And I'm not telling you to be mean. I'm not telling you to be uh, indignant. I'm not telling you uh, to be hurtful. What I'm telling you is don't drink the Kool-Aid. What I'm telling you is you better know better. Because the ability to systematically deal with issues in this world called Christian apologetics is the ability to uh, defend and understand the doctrines we believe. So that you don't become so desensitized to it because you see all these TV shows. Why, Why... Superman been around a long time. Why do we now have to turn Superman? Right. No, I mean, he flew around in tights. so I mean, uh, <laughs> I ain't quite sure about all that. But it was Lois Lane, not Jimmy Lane. Why, why do we have to do that? What's, what purpose does that serve? Other to, other than to indoctrinate our children. Right. I was watching a cartoon. It was on Nickelodeon. And and you know, Ari's sitting there watching and she had to be maybe two. And the little boy gets up, there's a knock at the door, he opens the door and it's his friend he invited over to his house and his friend's got two dads. I was like, Really? This this is where we're at? and every TV show now yeah. every one of them has this vein in it yeah. i used to love the TV show designated survivor loved it they canceled it cuz it had too it just was too good it was too wholesome so then netflix picked it up netflix picked up the third or fourth season third season now all of a sudden His wife is gone. Her transgendered brother is on. The security, the um, secret service dude is now in a relationship with another man. The whole premise shifted in one season because of who picked it up. It's an agenda, y'all. It's an agenda to desensitize us to the things that we believe so that we look like the outcasts. If you want to call yourself woke, let's get woke. Amen. Well, you know, I got family that struggles and I, well, you know, that's great, but that still doesn't change what God said. Right. Right. I can love people without having to endorse. Right. It's a shame the churches have to write into their bylaws what are allowed to be done and what aren't allowed to be done, because there was a time where people were going to churches to see if they would perform their weddings and if the church and the pastor said no then they could sue them right. so then it had to be written into their bylaws which is written into ours because I ain't doing it Amen. that means we're going to jail unless I already told you <laughs> I can preach <laughs> see I, I want you to understand what's happening in this world and I want you to pay attention and you as believers cannot drink the juice If you don't know what drinking the Kool-Aid means, I'll tell you what it means. It means Jim Jones years ago took a cult. Jim Jones had a very powerful ministry. He was doing big things. And he ended up developing a big head over the power he had, and he took a bunch of people down to an island, and he gave them. They thought the world was coming to an end on a particular date, and he gave them Kool-Aid laced with, I believe it was cyanide? Something. It killed them all. So they all drank the Kool-Aid and died. I ever tell you we go going to an island, don't go. <laughs> <laughs> Just say he lost it and go find somebody else. You follow me as I follow Christ. Are you with me? Yes, because see, those types of things are made to get you to drink the Kool-Aid. And the next thing you know, society has changed. The norms have changed. The world has changed. And then now we're struggling to figure out up from bottom. When you got a, a, a man on the cover of a woman's magazine talking about being a woman of the year. You got to be stupid, dumb, and crazy to think that a man is going to be able able to tell a woman how to. You mean there was no woman that was a better woman than this man? That's, That's what the world was telling us? Oh, they just got a right to live their lives. You are absolutely right. They got a right to live their life any way they want to. I am so in agreement with that. Just don't affect mine. In a way, and I won't affect yours, and we'll just see what happens at the end. (laughs) Are y'all still here? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that as we have discerned, we have read the word, we've discerned the word, we understand what the word has said to us. We know that we don't make it up. You have defined what these things are. And we trust you and only you. And Father, we believe you to help us to minister to those who struggle in these areas, Father. Uh, Let me, let me, the Lord's telling me to share something, so let me come back for just a second. I've had people call me, couples, and they'll say, we are a lesbian, gay, homosexual couple, whatever they want to call it are we welcome in your church? I said, sure. All are welcome. Come on. I said, but let me make sure you understand something. I'm not changing the message. Let me tell you what happens every time that they come. Usually one of them is struggling with it. And when they're struggling, they'll start to come out. And the moment the other one sees that the other's getting ready to come out of it, they'll pull them out of church. You want to know why? Because I'm totally convinced that if I give you the word, you'll come out. When you say, can I come? I'm like, sure. In my mind, I'm thinking because you might come in one way. And that ain't got nothing to do with just sexuality. That's got to do with people cheating on their spouses. That's got to do with people struggling with their health. That's got to do with people struggling with illness in their body. That's got to do with people who are broke. That's got everybody, you come on in. But I guarantee it, if you're paying attention, when you leave out of here, you're going to leave different. You're going to leave transformed in the image of God. Never fails. Never fails. When someone sees they're getting close to getting delivered, they're like, we got to go. And hey, I'm sorry for you, but we're not going to change the message, amen? amen? So I don't know why I had to share that. Some, somebody here does, but Father, we thank you for all that you revealed unto us. Thank you that you pull back the cover. We thank you that as we continue down this road that you keep pulling back the cover and help us to discern and to see what we have learned and established here today. And not that we use this as a weapon, but we use it to learn and to have clarity on our own understandings of where these things should be. We love all people yeah. and we're going to love them yeah. until we can't love them no more and then we'll love them some more. Yeah. But the realities are we need to understand doctrinally what we believe and why we believe it and to know what you said not what the world says. Yeah. So we thank you for it right now in Jesus' name. Jesus. All believers in the house said, amen. 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 Sure love you guys. We will see you on Sunday and I will turn it over for you guys to be dismissed.